in the nearby neighborhood to the west of the park. He was taken to St. Michael Hospital, where he is headed into surgery now, the police said. The baseball game was called, and BSA officials made the decision to end the scout-o-rama that was happening in another area of the park early as a precaution, end quote. The school said the player was in stable condition and that counseling services were available to other players and students. Uh, it was the senior day game for A&M Texarkana. The Red River Athletic Conference declared the game a no contest. Quote, at this time, we ask uh, that you keep our student athlete, his family, teammates, and friends in your prayers. Uh, A&M Texarkana said in a statement, Texarkana, uh, Texar- the Texarkana, Texas Police Department, a spokesman, Sean Vaughn, gosh, this is worded really clunky, uh, told the Texarkana Gazette it did not appear anyone at the field was the target of the shooting. Quote, incredibly bad luck, bad place. Uh, Kamari Butler, 17, is being sought for aggravated assault following the incident. On Saturday, investigators believe he and 20-year-old DeMarco Banks got involved in a dispute outside of a home near the ball field and opened fire at each other. So, jeez, dude just standing in a bullpen, minding his own business, and literally catches a stray. He's trying to get warmed up, trying to get loosened up for the game. I hope he's okay. Uh, thoughts and prayers to his family, Jeff. I mean, so that's awful, man. So unfortunate. Yeah. Sorry to have Inconceivable be a downer, but that's all I got time for today. It was a quick one. But uh, we'll come back. Hour number two, Light the Tower on the Horn, live locally and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Chad and Zay. Those braids were so tight, Chad. It was like pulling his scalp back. Like that dude we saw a couple weeks ago proposing at the basketball game thought Jerry Rice's hair was yeah. <laughs> Jerry Rice, I'll never forgive you for that. They should have put that for his little statue when he went to Canton. No, 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 no. <laughs> been no. That version. I hate the Niners because I'm a Cowboys fan, but I wouldn't let that happen. This dude was like 40 with braids, man. Weekdays 12 to 3 on the horn. From the UBO Business Services Studios, you're listening to KTXX FM and HD1 BK, KTAE AM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. Guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Three balls and two strikes to count Eric Kennedy. Here's the payoff pitch from Klecker. Swung on it, a high fly ball hit to right. Chasing it back. Davis to the warning track. And you can say goodnight to it. Eric Kennedy drives it over the right field wall. EK with his ninth home run of the season. And the Longhorns now lead it 2 to nothing. Klecker with a windup. Here's the pitch. Swung on and a high fly ball to left. Drifting back. Maxwell back to the warning track. Say goodnight to it. Jack O'Dowd goes up Otako, and it hung up there and drifted and drifted and dropped over the fence. 
The second of the inning for Texas extends the Longhorn lead to 3-0. Clecker's 0-2. Swung on and a ball through on the left side of base hit. That will score Jared Thomas. Opposite field single. Peyton Powell is 2-for-2. And it's a 4-0 Texas lead. This pitch hit to dead center, driving the center fielder Nunez. Back to the warning track. Say goodnight to it. Eric Kennedy does it again. This time to dead center. Hits it onto the slope out there. The third home run hit by a Longhorn, and Texas now leads it 5-0. Two balls, one strike, the count on the 2-1 pitch. Carlson swings and lifts a high fly ball to left. This one with Carey. This one back to the warning track. This one you can say goodnight to. Tanner Carlson's first home run as a Texas Longhorn as he drives it over the left field fence. Six zip. Longhorns swung on and a ball hit toward the alley on his horse. Brown dives for it. He made the catch. Porter Brown with the catch, and the inning's over. What a grab by the former Horn Frog. Porter Brown, a sliding, diving catch in left center, and the Horn Frogs are retired in order in the fifth. Two balls, two strikes, the count to Garrett Gilmap. The 2-2 swung on and a fly ball hit well. This one out to right. You can forget about this one. Say goodnight to it. Garrett Gilmet goes the opposite way for his eighth home run of the season. And the Longhorns now lead 7-3. A look back to second. Here's the pitch. Swung on and a ball hit. A sinking liner to right. It's going to fall in for a base hit. Campbell around third. He'll score. How about Porter Brown coming through with an RBI single in the top of the ninth inning. He extends his streak to reaching base safely to 32 games and drives in an insurance run to make it 8-4 Texas. And here's the 3-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. Johnson back-to-back strikeouts to close out the fifth. He's retired all nine Horn Frog batters he has faced. Here's the stretch from LeBaron Johnson. LBJ with a 2-2 delivery to Elijah Nunez. The pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. And that strikeout for LBJ is his fifth of the afternoon. 1-0. Swings here and lines it through to right field, a base hitter down around third. He will score. Powell makes a big turn. He'll hold with an RBI single. The Longhorns have their first lead of the afternoon as Peyton Powell drives in Jacko down to put Texas in front. Three to two. First pitch from Shaw swung on and a fly ball to shallow left. Coming on Porter Brown with a catch. Runner tags at third. Here comes the throw to the plate. The tag. He's out. The game is over. Longhorns win it. Texas takes it. And who is the hero again? Porter Brown. How do you like that? With a throw to the plate to end the ball game. And Texas takes the series from TCU. And they'll go for the sweep. Coming up here in a couple of hours. This is hour number two of Light the Tower on the Horn. Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker. You can hear game three of that series, Texas and TCU. 12.45 pregame, 1 o'clock, first pitch. Tanner Witt as the opener. Uh-oh. Tanner Witt season debut coming off of the Tommy John surgery last year. It's at 1 o'clock on AM 1260 and 101.9 FM. Live local programming here on the Horn. If you're looking for the baseball game, go to the AM, go to the other FM signal, or obviously you can stream it. So we will have that for you. You can get your Craig Way fix. You'll get your Craig Way fix at some point here in this hour but we don't exactly know when. Craig is just going to, I guess, do the phone, Cam? Is that what we're talking about? I think so. Calling him? Okay. We'll, we'll just, don't really know what we're doing, so we'll just kind of wait and see. Uh, we don't know. We do know that Texas won the first two games. That we yes. do know. Uh, 
<laughs> somebody sent it a picture. It says Craig with an exclamation point, and it's Ice Cube from Friday waving his hand in front of his face when he was enjoying his day off. Uh, I always wanted to put drops in where, like, it could be like John Witherspoon, the late great John Witherspoon from Friday. Just going, Craig, Craig, I'm in the bathroom or something like that, you know, so we can just holler at Craig during the show. Now, Belt and Gringo, that's wrong. It's Texarkana and Killeen. That's that's not fair to our friends in the 254 area, sir, which I know you are a proud member of. But, no, that's obviously red. Cam, you've covered a lot of small college baseball. That's got to be by far the wildest thing you've ever heard of occurring, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Some dude catching a stray. Uh, Going back to our Ron Holland discussion, uh, this texture said, I live in Lexington, and Coach Cal only guarantees a chance to play and that he'll prepare them for the NBA. That's about all you should guarantee, guys, that we'll do our best to develop you. You're obviously going to have a chance to play, but, man, Kevin Sumlin should have taught every coach at every sport in America when you start making promises that you can't keep, that's when you get yourself in a load of trouble. Uh, pooped 11 times in one day. Bless your contributions, sir or madam. Uh, it sounds like those guys, if the reports are true, think of themselves as bigger than the program. I like that Terry isn't going to cater uh, and bend over backwards to do that. Well, yeah, that's kind of the point we're getting at. I, I think everybody was real quick to jump on RT. And look, it's a, ba- it's a bad look, right? You lose a guy like Ron Holland, a top, you know, if you look at the 24-7 sports composite or you look at just our, our in-house rankings of 24-7 sports or anybody else's rankings, at the very least a top six guy in the country, a guy that's probably going to be a lottery pick in next year's draft, there's no way. Yes, Belton Gringo, I know you're from, you went to Ellison, so you know uh, all about the, uh, let's just talk about the unsavory parts of uh, of Killeen, uh, as I am familiar with as well. We can have a nice discussion on that, you and myself and Harge. Maybe we can have a nice round table. Uh, maybe we can do a live broadcast from Colleen one of these days. Go to, uh, I don't know if the Hooters is still there that used to be the Ponchos, but we can find probably someplace in Colleen. I'm serious, Cam. They they tore, they they turned the Ponchos into a Hooters. It was one of the like the worst days of my life when I found out the Ponchos wasn't there anymore. <laughs> what was Ponchos, dude? You don't know about Ponchos? No, you I ha- you've heard us talking about Ponchos, right? Oh, Cam, were you gonna raise the flag? It's an all-you-can-eat buffet. Right, you just load your plate up with Mexican food. Okay, and then when you want your when you're ready for your sopapillas, you just raise. There's a little Mexican flag on the table. You just raise the flag, and that way they know you need something. Like, yes, I'm ready for my sopapillas. So that's just like the Mexican lubies, then. Yeah, I do pretty much. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. But anyway, before I got distracted, um, yeah, I think everybody was quick to jump on RT, and it's a bad look, but. <laughs> These things are layered. It's not just as simple as player X didn't want to play for Coach A. It's never that simple, especially when you're talking about a guy that's as talented as Ron Holland and as, as with as many people that are trying to, you know, having him have have a say on his future as Ron Holland does. So it's just unfortunate uh, for Texas that you'd wish maybe if this was going to happen, maybe it had happened earlier, so that way you could maybe prioritize some things in the portal a little bit differently, but it is what it is at this point. And it's not like Texas is completely out of options in the portal. I mean, we talked about Kendall Weaver from UTA. Uh, we talked about Tyron Lawrence from Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, I think there's a couple other guys that they're going to, uh, that they're going to try. 
to uh, Zarek Oyechi from uh, from UTEP is a guy that they're going to go after. So, uh, you know, they're they're look. Rodney Terry is going to have a roster, a full roster that they'll be able to put on the floor and play basketball once the fall gets here. That roster don't count on it containing Ron Holland. Um, it's just I know he said he's still quote unquote considering Texas, but that's yeah. The Jeff Goodman report is probably the most accurate based on what I've heard. That it's either going to be Ar- sounds like Arkansas or the G League, and I wouldn't doubt if it's the G League. It's like when you break up. It's like, yeah, we can still be friends. No, you can't. Are you friends with any of your exes, Cam? Just one, and we live in different states, so that's it's about it. Nobody, nobody's ever yeah. friends. My my issue, and I, I raised it to you during the, the break, and it's more of a concern is that since the twenty twenty one recruiting class, there's only one guy remaining. All all the last three years. Jalen Tyson, he came in. He was the first and only recruit that Beard signed when he took over the job. Yeah. Jalen Tyson. Came and followed him tech. from Tech. Yep. He didn't last that long. The next year's class, Artero Morris, those guys, Rowan uh, Brumbrow, all gone except for Alex Anamekwe. He's the only one who hasn't transferred. And then, of course, this past year, you lose A.J. Johnson. You're going to lose Ron Holland. It's a concern, but also the transfer portal is there, and I'm curious if – RT and all these other coaches now with that there, is that more of your recruiting? Is that you just hope and wait that someone you want comes in because you can't make these promises and also trying to compete with professionals? I mean, if I'm a kid, if I'm 18 years old and I get offered a six-figure contract to go play professionally somewhere, mm-hmm. I don't have to go to class unless I'm dead set on getting a degree from a school or I grew up a diehard fan of that program. Why would I not want to go play in the NBL, go to the G League? I mean, in the way these guys now have paved the way. Yeah, Lamella Balls, they paved the way in the NBL. Uh, Scoot Henderson now, he's going to be the number two draft pick. Kaminga was drafted number four overall. You, it, it used to be like, yeah, well, it's kind of a risk because they're going to the G League. You're not going to be playing on Big Monday or Super Tuesday. Who cares? No one cares anymore. It's about you go, you make money for a year, and then you get drafted because if you're good enough, the NBA will find you. Yeah. For A.J. Johnson – like, I know some Texas fans were up in arms over it. I don't blame him. I don't think that's a loss because, you know what, it's not like he, he decommitted from Texas playing at Kansas, right? He's not going to Duke or Kentucky. He's playing professionally. And for Ron Holland, now if he goes to the G League, understand the Arkansas, that hurts. That hurts because yeah. now you're losing a guy in state, and we, we know how much Shaka lost recruits in Texas or how he whipped on some, uh, you know, didn't get Drew Timmy, went for Will Baker, yada, yada, yada. Why, why you got to keep bringing that up? It's, it's why, a big reason why, you why keep bringing that up. It's a big reason why Shaka's not the head coach. I know the biggest reason is why he didn't win in March, but I think underneath that is that he just didn't recruit the right guys in Texas. And if Ron Hall and AJ Johnson are guys who aren't the right guys, if Ron Hall wants to come in, I want to be named a starter instead of not working for it. Then I'm I'm okay with letting him go because I I don't think it's fair to just come in and be like, yeah, you haven't been on campus at all, but we're going to promise you a starting job. You know what you, I'm you thinking? Gotta, you got to earn it, dude. If like, if you look at from the time Chris Beard was hired and now that, you know, the extension of that is the RT regime. And this is, I'm not knocking RT and I'm not knocking Chris Beard at all. I'm not knocking anybody. It just is what it is. And this is why I think maybe rethinking your recruiting strategy isn't a bad idea. Yeah. Save for maybe one or two guys a class. Like, it is a special exception, like when you've got a Trey Johnson. But if you look at the signed recruits, right, let's say Dylan Mitchell goes pro. Let's say he stays in the draft. Yeah. Then what will you've gotten out of your signing classes of Jalen Tyson, Rowan Brumbaugh, Arterio Morris, Dylan Mitchell, 
Alex Enamekwe, A.J. Johnson, Ron Holland. Unless Alex Enamekwe becomes like an all, I guess at this point, an all SEC caliber player, mm-hmm. you'd pretty much not come anywhere close to getting the most out of any of those guys. And maybe, I don't know, maybe college basketball coaches don't look at it that way. But, man, I don't know. It would cause me two things. It would cause me to really seriously reconsider the recruiting strategy, number one. like Cam, I don't think you're off on that. I think maybe the portal is probably the place where you're going to find the bulk of your roster year in and year out. That's why I think getting multi-year guys, where maybe that first year you're kind of figuring some things out, and then maybe that second year you're kind of hoping for what tech the mixed Texas had last year. Where, okay, now these guys are second-year guys. They're com- They're they're coming back, and now you've got a veteran team that you can now legitimately go compete for a national championship. Um, yeah, when you look at the basketball commitments, you had Ron Holland and A.J. Johnson this year. Like, it's really weird looking at the – I go to Horns 24-7, I pull up the basketball recruiting list, I look at the commits, and I just see Max, a- Max Aismas and Caden Shedrick, like two yep. transfers. Uh, you have no, high, you know, no incoming high school recruits. We mentioned Jalen Tyson. Wasn't even here a full season. Nope. And then transferred out. And then you look at your 2022 class. Dylan Mitchell might be gone. Arterio Morris and Rowan Brumbaugh are gone. And then Alex Enamekwe is all that's left, as you pointed out, Cam. You got one. See, if I'm going to do a one and done, tell me you wouldn't like to have another guy like Jabari Rice. 100%. If I'm going to do a one and done, that's the kind of one and done I want. A guy that's going to come in with like a hundred games under his belt and is and like you go from being a starter from like a preseason player of the year in your conference to knowing that you're going to come off the bench and at the end it really didn't matter like Jabari played enough minutes to make it worth his while anyway but do you give me that guy give me one of those dudes like I think Tyrese Hunter's going to come back so again it's going to be two years in a row where your transfer class is going to yeah. be the best that you get the it's going to be the best of what you have on your roster. I mean, your biggest contributors were all transfer guys, and going the next season, it'll be if Hunter comes back, he'll be the starting point guard. And then obviously, Shedrick will play a huge role in that, and so will Max Aves. So, all yeah. your big guys coming in the next season anyway, we're going to be in the transfer portal. It's nice to have guys you've recruited and developed for your program. But I mean, the recruiting strategy is a great point, Jeff, because I think now for RT and this Texas staff, it's basically just okay, we go in the transfer portal. And hopefully we can find some guys who are going to be able to contribute. Because right now yeah. it's not coming from recruiting because there's only one guy left unless Dylan Mitchell comes back. It's two. Your entire roster makeup and all your heavy contributors is going to be guys from the portal. I mean, you got Gavin Perryman and some of your walk-on guys that were obviously high school kids. And I'm not saying, look, this isn't me reporting that this is going to happen, that they are going to change the recruiting strategy. Because they're still in the 24 class. Starts with Trey Johnson. They're still going after four and five star guys, but I think now maybe you've got maybe better this staff, the Rodney Terry regime, Rodney Terry's program might have better relationships with guys in the twenty four class and the twenty five class than they had with these twenty three guys. That it just seemed like you're just waiting to the very end to hope you could hang on to these guys. It's it was a roll of the dice. It was just in terms of roster building from the high school ranks. It was it was a roll of the dice, and that's the other thing too. You got to be careful with how many high school guys you take because from year to year you you have an idea, but you don't know for sure what your number of available new scholarships are going to be really until you get to the portal window after the mm-hmm. season. 
So that's uh, somebody pointed out. Colleen has a great pluckers. Um, thank you for for mentioning that. Uh, somebody says Arturo Morris will be a problem for Kansas. He'll transfer again. Maybe I don't know. I just I think he'll be. We'll see. He'll turn pro. He he can turn pro after this next year. Correct. Belton Green. Yeah, Belton Gringo says Colleen isn't that bad. My family has been here since 1842. Wow, wow. good times on that. Stoner says uh, take him. Friends don't let friends not make a ponchos trip. I'll tell you what, Cam, if we can find a ponchos and an appropriate time for us to go, I'll do I'll take you to I'll buy your ponchos. Do they still exist? Yeah, there's a couple in the Metroplex. There's one in Duncanville. I know Mesquite? there's one there's one on uh McAllen. Uh Bumble. Dude, there's one on twenty going towards for Fort Worth to Dallas, like in Arlington. So there we go. Big twelve media days, July. We'll go to the media days, and then afterwards... We'll go to Ponchos. Ponchos. All right, we're in. Dude. It's a date. Well, we might even bring Jacob with us, and we'll do, like, some live blogging. Yeah. Film that. A little see. taste test? Cameron's got to raise the flag, man. Um, No, Texter, Ponchos is not like Casa Bonita. Um, They don't have the waterfall and all that fun stuff. And Let's say so Casa Bonita is one of a kind. Remember that episode of South Park, Cam, where... Cartman hid butters in the bomb shelter so yeah. he could go to Casa Bonita. <laughs> I don't know. One person said, oh, don't do show. it, Cam. I don't know. Spec text line. Do you gonna, Are they ever wrong, look, Jeff? No. Here's here's the thing with ponchos, right? Like anything in life that's good, you gotta you got to consider, are there any circumstances? Are there any diminishing returns from this? <laughs> You're going to pay the gut tax at some point. Like, it's going to happen. Like, if you, that's the thing with ponchos, dude. If you got your head right for it, it's fine. Like, you know what you're getting into. You can prepare your stomach. Like, just drink a bunch of, just drink nothing but water before you go. So that way your system is, is empty. You're not clogging up anything. And then just, it'll just run its course. Okay. And you'll be fine. Maybe pack a banana with you to eat later. So you need that potassium to soak some things up. Well, let's do it after our live show because if, if it's going to be before, then Light the Tower may not have a producer because I'll be running back there's and chance, forth. I, the there's chance, I don't room. know what your stomach is going to be. It may be during. Like, I don't know. It's just, just we'll just, okay. you know. We'll, it's part of the experience of what you're saying, right? It's part of the, the Pancho's experience is all of that. Um, Yeah, sorry, I got distracted by the text line. A lot of Colleen, good things from Colleen coming up here. Uh, pooped 11 times in one day, strong contributions. So my grandparents lived in Colleen, so I spent a lot of time there. The only good thing about Colleen is the fishing and stopping at the Andice General Store for a badass burger on the way back. I can agree on that. He fished in the Lampasas River where there have been alligators found along the Lampasas River. Uh, Chan says, uh, exactly, earn your spot, and you're not entitled to your spot in the burnt orange. I said, I agree, RT did the right thing. Uh, let's see, other texts. Um, do I think Chris Beard was promising these players things for their commitment originally, and this is changing with Terry? No, I don't think so. I just think whenever you get to the end of the process and, and the the professional money starts to get thrown around, I think that changes some things. Not that Ron Holland always didn't have professional options, but and look, maybe he goes to Arkansas, but you know, if the professional money is what I the like, kind of what I think it's going to be, then yeah, that that changes things for a guy. And and look, if you, I'm not, I don't, you know, where the promise is playing time was it nil money, whatever it is. I, I just I just don't think Rodney Terry is going to roll like that and promise guys something that would be hard to deliver on. Uh, 
Sexer says, I'm from Bell County. Colleen is gross. There's some good things about Colleen. Uh, says, never been to Poncho's, but isn't Golden Corral the same thing? No, 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 no. Poncho's, much, much better than the Golden Corral. Says, there's a Poncho's off 45 in Houston. It's awesome. Yes, it is. There's a Poncho's about a mile from my house in Arlington. I think that's the one I'm thinking about, right there off of I-20, right before you get to one of those interchanges. Uh, was just there two weeks ago, Poncho's in Fort Worth. <laughs> it's a <laughs> the gut tax. It is a long course to run, Texter. That it is. <laughs> purple, purple Buffalo's daddy with Morse code on the rotary phone says, Poncho's is like Florence. Once you've been, you'll never want to go back. Well, there's other places that are like Gerald, which once you've been, you don't want to go back, but you keep having to go back if you want to go north on 45, and it's just like, you know, it's just like passing through someone's colon whenever you drive through Gerald. It just stinks, and you can't wait to get out of there fast enough. Stoner P5 hoops and football are simply following a blast from the past, which is the semi-pro model. Lower-level teams are always developmental. Upper-level upper teams were 80% veteran, 20% developmental. Stoner, I agree with this. Oh, man, who was I hearing talking about it? Was it Maybe it was Jeff Goodman that I heard talking about it recently. But maybe, maybe it was somebody else. Um, but basically... The grassroots recruiting for, for power, let's saw power six, because we'll throw the Big East in there. Basically, the grassroots recruiting is going to be replaced by looking at G5 schools and what they've got in the portal. Yep. Like, let the G5s develop these guys, and then in two years when they're ready, they'll go into the portal, and now I've tracked that guy. I've, I might have a relationship with him from the grassroots level. Now I can go get this guy. The G5 school's already done the hard part. Jabari Rice. Exactly. Yes, I like that. Maxismus. I like that. So many people on this text line are fans of Poncho. Said if you want Montezuma's revenge, I don't want to disparage any uh, <laughs> any uh, places in in our Fairburg Belton Gringo. I'll say this, Belton Gringo. Do you remember? I never ate there, but I had a few friends that were fond of Mister Fajita in Temple back in the day. I never ate there. It, I think it burned down before I got a chance to go there. But apparently, Mister Fajita back in the day. Was uh was one of those locations in which you speak of? All right, that's uh. Actually, we'll go ahead and continue the uh, the uh, specs text line. Uh, D Fry says, "All you you can fish for bodies in that river, according to the news about every other month." Well, I'm just saying, I kind of grew up on the Lampasas River, so just take your pick. <laughs> Somebody tell me the correct way to pronounce ponchos. Uh, hard to bring in one and done. You like Cam? How we're going back and forth between basketball recruiting philosophy and all you can eat Mexican buffets. What other radio show it's, it's in the how country is doing this between ponchos, panchos, and uh, oh, poncho? The recruiting strategy of so, Texas basketball. So it's hard to bring in one and done when you see how RT limited Mitchell's how RT limited Mitchell's uh, development this year. He started games. his game is around the rim, and they isolated him out on the perimeter. Well, I mean, yeah, he started. He started. I think every game. Yeah. He, he just he never looked comfortable on the floor at all. It's kind of like D- Dylan Mitchell's development on the court is kind of like talking about Quinn Ewer's footwork in season. There's only so much development you can do in season. The development stuff is going to start – that's either going to be on your own or it's going to be in the offseason. Yes. I'll give you a perfect example when I'm talking about player development on your own. I went to a couple practices during Shaka's time as a head coach. And Craig can attest to this, and I think he did last week when we were talking about it. Kai Jones mm-hmm. was always the last guy to leave the gym, whether it was free throws, three-pointers, short corner jumpers, elbow jumpers, whatever it was. Kai Jones, was, and I saw it with my own eyes, Kai Jones was always the last guy to leave the gym. 
And look how much better Kai Jones got from year one to year two. Yep. Because, yes, you credit the staff, but Kai Jones put in a ton of work on his own to get better. That's where it's got to be up to the player. The staff in season, you, you only have time to do so much. You're putting in game plans and doing all kinds of other stuff. Says Jeff would rather take a crap in a very filthy side of the highway porta potty or gas station in Gerald. Um, I think there's a rest stop before you get to Salado. I'd rather go do my business there Aww. than Gerald. I will say before, I mean Gerald's not a bad place if you're just looking for a place to drop a deuce and then get back in the car and keep going. That's about all it's good for. Uh, it says pooped eleven times in one day. Should change their name to Sir Poop a lot. Purple Buffalo's daddy again, man. That must be some fast Morse code. We're working that, working the hell out of that rotary foam, uh, one or the other. So Jeff, what's better, monos or ponchos? Oh, dude, Are you kidding me? Give me, let me go to Florence. Give me some monos for lunch. You kidding me? What kind of question is that? All right, good, uh, good feedback on the specs text line from uh, talking about Sopapias at ponchos or Dylan Mitchell's development or whatever. Uh, Said so Fajita, uh, Fajita Junction in Temple was the best. Uh, Jody's is still the king. All right, so given the 254, plenty of love on the show today. We've got to take a break. We're actually past it. Uh, coming back, though, we'll uh, hit our flex update. Uh, Cam, we got some high school baseball playoffs oh, yeah, to run down. All right, we'll do somebody was asking earlier about a high school baseball playoff update. That's all Cam's department. And maybe we'll hear from Craig Way at some point. We'll see. But we'll get to that when we come back here on Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and hornfm.com. Craig Way and Jeff Howe light the tower. Hour number two of Light the Tower. Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker, and joining us live via the miracle of the Comrex. From Tarrant County, Texas, USA. Craig Way. Craig, do you read me? From nice. How you doing this morning? We're good. How are how are things in Crazy Fort Worth? Um crazy only if you consider the fact that it has been thirty-one years since the Texas Longhorns have won the first two games in Fort Worth from TCU, which happened yesterday. And if they win today, it will be their first series sweep in Fort Worth of TCU in 31 years. 1992, I said that to uh, David Pierce just a few minutes ago. I said, if I told you that the last time the Texas swept a series here, uh, Brooks Kieschnick was was leading that team then. He laughed. He goes, no, but, you know, I, I, I'd i heard it yesterday. It was the first time we'd won the first two. So, yeah, crazy in that respect, but uh, – the Longhorns have played really well, and uh, they're looking for a sweep today as they take batting practice right in front of us right now. Well, uh, again, 12.45 pregame, 1 o'clock first pitch on AM 12.60 and 101.9. We'll have our live local programming here on the Horn on 104.9, but that's where you can get the baseball game. Uh, Craig, we got to hit a flex update real quick. Do you mind? Mm-hmm. All right, Not at Cam, all. Cam, let's go with our flex update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by 
Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. Now, I didn't mention this when we were talking about the Cowboys draft because, Craig, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. In all the years, we talked about how long you've been following, covering the NFL draft. Have you ever seen anything cooler than Chris Vaughn being able to call Deuce, asking him if he wanted to come to work with him this week? That's about as good as it can get. Yeah. I, 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 I thought it was a big smile on the face when I, when I heard about it, then heard it, and got to see it, obviously, uh, the video that was posted up. So that that was just great. Uh, great young man in, in Deuce Vaughn and uh, his dad getting to call him there. And, and, yeah, and the local tie with the Cowboys. I think that makes it even better. So it was, it was really cool. Uh, Cam, you got anything else to add? Uh, by the way, uh, Deuce Vaughn, Elijah Higgins from Bowie, also among the uh, local products. That found NFL homes over the weekend. Not super local, but uh, Craig, we got some text coming on the Specs text line asking, "How do you feel about getting Zach Evans?" <laughs> you guys were joking with me about that the other day. Uh, the the best you can hope for about Zach Evans is that he's matured enough and grown enough. His talent has never been in question. Uh, but as a guy who uh, I, I think I worked two or three telecasts that he played in, and uh, one very big one that he did not. Uh, for uh, the disciplinary reasons sent home. And then, of course, there was all of the stuff that uh, that went on uh, uh, with his team and things like that. What you, what you hope is that he has learned and grown from the experiences a little bit. And uh, the Rams can use some help. There's no question about it. So if he's, if he's kind of grown and, and cannot be a headache, I mean, he'd have to go away still to get to, like, Lawrence Phillips, you know, level, you know, as a as Jeez. Ram troublemakers, you know, uh, the late Lawrence Phillips. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. I look forward to seeing if he uh, has things going in the proper direction. All right, Cam. Uh, anything else on the high school baseball playoff front to add here? Yeah. So playoffs will begin this week, but not everything is set. We got some playing games, including Lake Travis and Bowie to the side. Uh, some playoff positioning. Uh, congrats to Round Rock and Westlake. They are division or district champions. Uh, Westlake will play Vanderrift this week, and that will be a fun little series. Round Rock will play Buda Johnson. Also, Georgetown, they won their district championship. McCallum, 14-0, they won their district championship. So congrats to those schools. But, yes, yeah, some playoff positioning going on later this week. Um, I believe one other, one other playoffs. Yeah, Cedar Park and Liberty Hill also leave. They play tonight. And then Buda Hayes and Leander rounds to the side. Uh, who will be the one, two, three, and four? So tomorrow we'll have all the scores and updates, and get you guys ready for um, some baseball playoffs and see of Texas later on this week. Cam, yes, sir. Uh, Buta Hayes, what are you from Amarillo? I'm reading the uh, the Texas uh-huh. High School Baseball. I'm website. sure you are. <laughs> well, what, what did I say wrong there? You don't have to say, say Buda. That's from the Department of Redundancy Department. Okay. It's Hayes. We all know just it's Hayes. Hayes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm having fun with you. No, I'm like I said. I still say Waxahachie wrong. So we're, we'll one day we'll said it there. right there. I did said it right there. No way. And I just saw Jared Thomas going to take a big swing. By the way, wind is blowing across toward right. Anything hit to left is going to be no man's land today. But uh, Peyton Powell was just putting on a show, just driving balls over the right field fence here in batting practice. So that breeze, it's not real prolific, but it cuts across a little bit. And uh, if you're if you're a good left-hand hitter or if you're going the opposite way to right, you got a shot to get it out. All right, that's going to do it for our flex update. And uh, speaking of which, let's go ahead and get to the notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Craig, I will yield the floor to you. Uh, you've got pretty much the next 
10 minutes or so for baseball audio or pretty much whatever you want to cover. We haven't talked any baseball during the show. We're going to save it for when you came on. So the floor is yours, Craig, however you want to handle the uh, first two games and what to look forward to today. Take it away. Well, I mean, I, I think, Jeff, that the uh, the impressive stuff, and I asked David Pierce about it a few moments ago, was that really and truly in the first two games, uh, I said as a head coach, you probably got everything you could ask for. In other words, first and foremost, obviously, the wins. But got incredible starting pitching on Saturday night from Lucas Gordon, a career-high eight innings for him, and Heston Toll was tremendous uh, in his one, two, three, ninth. Uh, and uh, and then they just, you know, they attacked, hit. I, I don't think I've done a game with five solo home runs uh, from Texas. And uh, we were joking, Roger Wallace and I were joking about the fact that, you know, Keith Moreland would always say to us on the broadcast, solo homers won't beat you. Well, you hit enough of them, you will. And, and Keith and I have talked about that, too. And they hit five. So they had that, and it was cool to see uh, Dylan Campbell in his final opportunity uh, come up, or, or rather, uh, 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 Porter Brown in his final opportunity to extend his ex- his consecutive game streak of reaching base to 32, and he also made a really nice catch in the outfield sliding on Saturday night in the win. And of course, Dylan Campbell uh, in his first two at bats, both uh, Saturday and yesterday, extended his hitting streak uh, now to 22 games. And uh, and then uh, what more can you say about Porter Brown? I mean, obviously coming back home, and David Pierce said he was. Uh, you know, he was hoping. He didn't say he was concerned. He said he was just hoping that Porter wouldn't put too much pressure on himself. And when we were talking, I likened it to Tyrese Hunter going back to the state of Iowa. And remember, he had that real big first half uh, in the game in Ames, and then they all got in foul trouble and all that, and it got away in the second half. But uh, then obviously playing well in the NCAA tournament game in Des Moines. And both times the fans there in Iowa were just brutal on him, you know, F-bombing and this and that. Wasn't like that here with Porter Brown. Remember where we are uh, most of the time for doing our games in TC. We're out in the stands among the fans. We're in the upper deck, fans all around us. Now, today we're down in a booth because it's just an ESPN Plus telecast, so it opened up a broadcast booth for us. But we've been around, and you would hear the fans say, we love you, Porter, and cheering him. There There wasn't people now. (laughs) <laughs> after after his performance of the first two games, they might not be as hospitable with what he did yesterday on the throw to the plate uh, in the ninth. And I think it's probably been tweeted out. It probably wasn't the most on-the-money throw, but he was close enough, and Garrett Gilmet makes a nice turn with the, with the glove, with the ball in the glove to make the tag. When we were just pulling up to the ballpark to get our equipment set up when I heard you talking about it uh, at the start, and you said, uh, I you know I'm not sure why uh, he was sent. Yeah. Uh, and and it's it's a very very valid question because we're talking about Carson Bowen, the catcher, who was who was sent. Now Bowen is five for five in stolen bases, so he's got decent wheels for a catcher. But it was a short fly ball, and you heard Porter Brown say, "I didn't think Coach Delora would send him." He knows obviously John Delora, mm-hmm. the third base coach. He was surprised, but he uncorked the throw that was close enough. And then, and then Gilmet sweeping around to get the tag on him. And David Pierce made a good point about him when we were visiting that sometimes when you sweep around like that, the contact can dislodge the ball. But it didn't. And it's obviously the biggest play of the weekend to this point. And here's Texas 2-0 and in Fort Worth in a weekend series for the first time since 1992. Greg, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, I know we got to talk Tanner Witt and a couple other things, but the mm-hmm. lineup change, getting Jared Thomas in the leadoff spot, Peyton Powell second, Dylan Campbell third. And, and, you know, we've heard 
David Pierce has said this since, since he took the job. You know, he wants his best hitters hitting high up in the lineup. But you make those switches, you drop Eric Kennedy down. This seems like it's benefited everybody, this lineup change that they've gone to with this series. Well, there were multiple reasons for doing it, and, and here's why. Uh, first of all, Jared Thomas, not a stranger to the leadoff spot. He's done it a few times this year, but he's been on a tear. He's been hitting the ball, swinging the bat well, and so that, that was part of it. Also, and this is something I hadn't really thought about, but then again, I'm not the head coach, so uh, that you know, things like this might not occur to me. But to David Pierce, whose job it is to know such things and to figure out such things, uh, you 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 know, you want to see uh, guys perform. And he pointed out that of the last two to three weeks, after uh, Peyton Powell was in the three spot and Campbell was either in the two or in the leadoff with Kennedy in the one or the two, Powell's production had dropped off. When Peyton was really tearing it up, was in the two spot. So Campbell's hitting well. You could put him anywhere. He'd bat 37th. It wouldn't matter. I mean, you know, he's he's swinging a good bat anyway. Uh, the, this weekend he's batting 333. So it's like, okay, let's do this. And the trickle down from that. And then it, it'd be fair to say Eric Kennedy obviously had been struggling uh, uh, coming in. Uh, EK this weekend is batting 286. He's two out of seven at the plate, but he's driven in two runs with those two homers. He's drawn two walks. So I think it's benefited all of them, and it's helped out the lineup all the way around. Powell, certainly, it's really helped out. He's the leading hitter this weekend. He's four out of nine uh, with a homer and three runs batted in, or double and three runs batted in. All right, Craig, how pumped up is everybody about Tanner Witt getting the start as the opener today? Yeah, um, and I, and that's the proper phraseology. Uh, he'll he'll be the opener, so to speak. The plan is for him to pitch an inning. Now, I I did joke with David Pierce this morning at breakfast. I said, "What if it's seven pitches?" <laughs> and he gets him out there. He goes, "We'd evaluate it if it if it happened because he's done more than one inning in his side work uh, over these past you know couple of weeks." So. Uh, but the plan is for him to to work one inning, and then there are several guys. I think Chase Loomis will be a guy. Uh, David talked about that uh, you could see out of the bullpen today. Uh, there there's several ways they can go uh, left hand and right hand. You can uh, you can do it with that. So uh, there's, but they're they're planning one inning out of out of uh, Tanner. When I asked him, I said, other than obviously getting out of the inning and having a productive inning, what do you want to see from him? He just wants him to relax and enjoy the moment. I think he's also happy. Coach Pierce is that this is a Monday and not a Sunday. I mean, this this place has been packed the, the first two days. It might be today. Might be. But it is 1 o'clock on a Monday afternoon on a work day. So we'll see uh, if, if if the place is loaded up again today. But I, I know they're looking forward to seeing him get back on the mound. Did you get Joe T's or – did we had the okay. uh, nice. a little mini family reunion thing, and I know some people go, ah, "Joe T's overrated." Why would you go there? You, you have to remember, first of all, uh, the thing about Joe T. Garcia is, is is that they accommodate large groups, and we had a large group. We were talking about twenty of us or whatever, and you know they, they, that place goes for acres and acres, so they could accommodate a large uh, group. And I had cousins. I had a cousin there that I had not seen since nineteen ninety one. Jeez. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's even longer than the uh, Longhorns win streak in Fort Worth. So, uh, you know, it, it was a good time. We had uh, family there, and uh, we had a nice dinner last night, and and uh, and then got up this morning ready to go and ready to call one more and then ready to come home. 
It'll be nice to be home uh, at least for three days. And then on Thursday, it's off to Kansas with the team. The, the charter will uh, fly it on Thursday and back on a regular Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, routine. And by the way, uh, Jeff, as you know from looking, the Big 12 conference continues to be a circus right now. It, but the ringmaster is, is West Virginia. Yeah. They swept Baylor. They scored, what was it, 32 runs in three games over the weekend. Uh, they're, they're 11-4 and four in the league. Uh, now they turn around and and uh, they've got uh, you know big series coming up. They've got Oklahoma State coming up. Uh, of course, they're coming to Austin, uh, and uh, I think they've got OU this week. So they've got they've got that that matchup this week. So there's there's still work ahead for everybody, but Texas Texas can move into that tie for second with a win today. Greg, anything else? Uh, baseball, NFL draft. Longhorns in the NFL. Otherwise, to I, I was to glad touch to on before we get well, out of here. I, I I was glad to see all of the Longhorns you got there. You know, and I know much was made out of the fact that none were drafted last year, and to see all those guys go, and then the additional free agent signings, and and you know better than I, you chart it more than than I do. But uh, you know, the, the University of Texas has had uh, you know good good fortune with guys signing free agent uh, deals and earning roster spots in the NFL, and I think that's the a good opportunity as well. But really, uh, to see the high draft picks, in addition to uh, the obvious number uh, one selection of the Falcons of, of B. John Robinson was really, really fun and, and really cool to see over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about, you know, just looking at the list right here. John Bianco actually put this out, the Texas Sports Information Director, put this out over the weekend. Uh, Longhorns, who are undrafted free agents and active on NFL rosters in 2022, Calvin Anderson, Andrew Beck, Tariq Black, Malcolm Brown, the running back, Cameron Dicker, Puna Ford, Lil Jordan Humphrey, Marcus Johnson, PJ Locke, Adrian Phillips, Malcolm Roach, Brendan Schooler, Josh Thompson, and Justin Tucker. Several of those guys still earning uh, oh, a good living in the no NFL. Question. And, and I guess Justin Tucker would be at the top of the list because Justin Tucker is going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame someday. Yeah, I mean, you've got you know Justin Tucker, Adrian Phillips, Phil Dawson, and Priest Holmes are all – UDFAs from Texas who have gone on to make the Pro Bowl in their careers. Exactly. So yeah, I mean it's the you do that that number has been impressive, but I think that's spoken to lack of player development. But the fact that the the number of draftable guys and the number of guys you had drafted outweighing the number of free agents this year, that's again Cam kind of like we were talking about earlier. That's a sign that things are not going to say fixed, but they are starting to look like they're they can head in the right direction absolutely i think uh, forward moment there forward movement there and i think that makes a big difference there. so when are you getting your zach evans jersey craig that's all i want to know uh let him let him first of all make the roster and uh and prove himself productive then we'll talk about that but we had this conversation last week about jerseys jeff remember that yeah. about the yeah. You know, when not doing the the current player stuff, leaving the leaving. If you want to put a number on there, a Hall of Famer or a former great player, I'm I'm on board with that. But we'll give this one some time. Tell you what, we'll get you like a Bijan the jersey, you know, just the T-shirt with a jersey yeah, right. number on it. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> All right, Craig, uh, have a great call today, and uh, be safe on the way coming home. Thank you, and as you mentioned, Jeff, uh, it will at twelve forty-five, so it's uh, just under an hour from now. On AM 1260 and 101.9 FM. 1019 AM 1260 for uh, today's broadcast for Texas TCU. Thank you, Craig. You got it. All right. We'll see Craig tomorrow, and we will uh, be back after this to wrap up this edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. 
Closing out this edition of Light the Tower. Cam, what you got going on the rest of the day? Chilling, baby. Nice. Nice little afternoon off. Maybe a little nap, a little workout. Uh, Round Rock Baseball is having their end of season little get-together, so I'll be out there at the Rock getting ready for Buda Johnson this weekend. Sweet. I've got uh, laundry day for me. Nice. Me too. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. The wife and the daughter, their laundry gets done over the weekend before the school week starts, so then I'm left to my own devices come Monday. Do you uh, all together or you separate the whites and the darks? I just do like I just do jeans in one load, like jeans and towels, yeah. and maybe like drawers if I need to make a full load, and then everything else. Okay. I don't really I don't wear I don't wear whites. Really? Yeah. I mean, if I'm wearing a button if I'm wearing a button down white shirt, somebody's either getting married or I'm going to a funeral. Like that's pretty much it. I see a lot of blue in your uh, yeah in your clothing arsenal. Yeah, like to. Not a, not a nap guy, Cam, is chastising you for taking wanting to take a nap. Yeah, well, I don't really care. Love it. Salty Cam is awesome, Cam. I spent the last two days driving across the state of Texas. I'm going to take Cam's my spent nap. the weekend at Big Springs. Give, him a, give my man a break. Hey, Cam, great job today, as always. Uh, shout out to Craig for joining us. I swear, Cam worked so hard cutting that Sark audio from last week. We're going to play it. It does exist. It does exist. We'll play some of it tomorrow, I promise. So we, we will get to that promise tomorrow. Craig will be back in the house. Don't forget, Longhorn Baseball, if you're trying to listen to it on the horn today, you're going to be SOL. You want to go to 101.9 FM, AM 1260. You also have your streaming options available. But here on 104.9 will be our live local programming all throughout the day coming up next with Chad and Zay as we pass the baton to them. We good to head out, Cam? If you want to. Yeah, we're 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 done. We're our our broadcast day is over. So we're gonna pass the baton to Chad and Zay, get out for them. Again, Craig will be back tomorrow, uh, and we will do a big four Cameron Parker for the absent Craig Way. I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back tomorrow to light the tower on the horn, live, local and digital, on the horn app and at hornfm.com.